0: You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. We are here today with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan, and Bobby Karasquela from the Independence Fund. Now, our state is home to several military bases, and because of that, uh, we have plenty of veterans. VA hospitals in Charlotte and Salisbury help. Wounded veterans recover from injuries and provide health care, but as you probably know, they can't provide everything that is needed. Uh, we're so honored to have um, Bobby here on our Bren podcast with us today. He is a veteran who lived the horrors of war with the 82nd Airborne uh, when his Humvee was hit by an IED in Baghdad in 2003. And now he's uh, helping other veterans recover and live fuller lives with their injuries. Um, the Independence Fund helps veterans regain mobility, offers support to their caregivers, organizes adaptive sport programs, and advocates for veterans so they can live better lives. Uh, so please welcome and say hello to our friend, Bobby Carascuela. Uh, Bobby, we thank you so much for your service, and we are really happy to have you today on our podcast.
2: It's an honor to be here. Thank you. Thank you,
0: Bobby, and absolutely thank you for your service, man. It means so much to us and, and our country. And let's, let's just start from the beginning. How did the Independence Fund get started?
2: The Independence Fund uh, got its launch 10 years ago. Uh, I believe he was a retired Marine colonel. You wanted to do something to help veterans, and um, we, we really got our launch with uh, Bill O'Reilly. He helped us out by uh, putting our name out there and raised the, the first chunk of money to get us started.
1: How did you, when you guys talk about, I mean, having a figure like Bill O'Reilly when he was on Fox News 10 years ago, he was like the, the kingpin of that, you know, news service. If he said something, people probably bought right away. How did you guys connect with it? Was it, there, there's a cool story behind that, and did not he notice something? Tell me a little bit about how that even happened.
2: Well, he, uh, he, he realized there was a need with these all-terrain mobility devices that we give out. They're, they're track chairs, so they're basically wheelchairs with uh, tank tracks on them. And um, they cost about $16,000 a piece. Now, the VA, they don't really provide uh, these type of devices. And if, if you think, you know, a normal electric wheelchair, you can't go in the grass in your own front yard. But these devices, they allow you to get out on the, uh, you can go to the park, you can go up mountain trails. Like these things will go over anything. They, I, I, I equate them to the monster truck of wheelchairs, you know. so.
1: <laughs> I mean, everybody needs to look up the Independence Fund right now it, just to get an idea of what we're talking about. This is basically a wheelchair that's a tank. It's pretty badass. So take a look right now and take, take a look at it and then you'll listen and you'll know exactly what we're talking about. And so looking at, you know, your website, you guys have obviously started out by building this, but now it's adapted into a lot of different programs that support veterans in a lot of different ways. Tell us, you know, not only of the relationship with Bill, with the machine that you guys have created, but where have you guys grown from there? Uh, Tell us a little bit about that.
2: So now we have a caregiver program where uh, we, we call them our hidden heroes. They're the people behind the scenes that are taking care of the most severely wounded, injured and ill veterans. And those are the, the, the wives, the moms, the dads that are out there working every single day to make sure the, these uh, veterans have better lives, you know, and, and, and taking care of them. It's a full-time job. So we like to, we, we have retreats that we'll send them on where uh, we'll have wives, we'll send them to the, the spa, we give them resources for the future. They, they're able to meet other people that are going through the, the same life struggles, um, it's a good networking uh, retreat, and it, it it gives them a break, it gives them a chance to to kind of unwind and get away from that for a minute and rejuvenate.
1: Yeah, and, and with that caregiver program, I mean, I've never seen anything like that um, that's been developed, and I think that's that's something people probably forget about. You know, yeah. if you have a, a family member that comes back that either fo- or, or struggles from a physical disability or a mental disability that's really difficult because you have to change your entire life. And I, and that's, right. that's really cool that you guys give them an opportunity to support that. Um, let's talk a little bit about some fun things. You guys have a started an adaptive sports for a program for injured veterans um, and really kind of give them a reason to stay positive, give them a reason to get up uh, in the morning and, and really kind of get that competitive nature back. Tell us about how that was developed. What has, uh, has kind of become of that and what the future holds for that program.
2: So, um, we, we decided to come up with some new programs for this year, 2018, and adaptive sports is one of them. Um, what we do is we will, we'll, we'll pay for an adaptive athlete's lodging or uh, their airfare to different competitions. If they need new equipment for whatever their sport is, say it's archery, they need a new bow, we, we will help them out with that. Um, we also do like Spartan races. We'll, we'll fly in a bunch of amputees to a Spartan race, create a team and all compete together, which it's a, a really humbling experience to be a part of one of those races. With those guys, I've done two so far. and, and you're on a team with, uh, you know, a lot of guys missing limbs, missing legs. We had a double amputee this year and uh, three single amputees. Last year, we had a guy that was uh, missing an arm and his name is uh, Jared Lemon. He's an awesome fellow. He's in the 82nd Airborne, too. And there was one obstacle where it's, uh, it's a, like a 45-degree inclined wall that's really slippery and wet, but there's a rope you use to pull yourself up, you know? And so he's got one arm. He's grabbing. He's pulling himself up. He wouldn't let anybody help him, and then he would bite the rope with his what? teeth.
1: Oh, my God
2: and grab again to hold himself in place. So, like, when you see things like that, it's inspiring, you know, because these guys, they don't let anything stop them. They're, they're not quitters.
1: That's amazing. And you had an awesome picture. Um, and when you did this event, you had a special friend, or I would say family member with you that you carried for That's part right. of the trip. So tell us about that.
2: Uh, Daffy. Daffy is my awesome service dog, and uh, she completed the entire race with us. She was part of the team, so every obstacle we went over, she went with us she's got a vest with uh, a carrying handles on it so we would we would navigate somebody go to the top of the obstacle and we just pass her along she went over every single one it was it was great she didn't like the water though i found that out she, <laughs> she did not like Daffy, the water Daffy's sitting right here with me right now she's yeah. awesome
0: she is awesome aren't you buddy hey so so independence funds headquarters is here in charlotte correct, correct? and but but do you all, first of all, what brought you all to Charlotte? Was it founded here or did you move here? And then do you have offices across the country or how are you set up in that fashion?
2: You know, I'm not sure because I'm fairly new why we ended up in Charlotte. I know our office uh, at one time was in Miami, so okay. I, I don't know the answer to that question. But um, yes, we are national and uh, we haven't recently opened up an office in D.C. because we also have an advocacy program. So we're in and out of the, the White House, the, the Senate, the Congress, because we're trying to fight for VA reform and make it better for, for veterans in the future, you know, change policy.
1: Tell, when you talk about the VA reform, that brings up a good topic. Tell me about what are some of the things that you're challenging? What are some of the things that you guys are trying to achieve when you go up there to Washington?
2: So, we're a, a big supporter of the VA Choice Program, which basically is, uh, you know, veterans have the right. We, we want veterans to have the right to go to a, a doctor outside of the VA. It's uh, in a private sector. It's a, it's a big, big uh, push that we're fighting for right now.
1: That, I mean, that's awesome. I and mean, there's a lot of people that complain about the VA, and there's some people that have good stories about the VA. But at the same time, the VA needs to be there to support our veterans. Our community needs to be there to support our veterans. And if we can all do that, then our veterans will be taken care of, and that's what they deserve.
2: Yeah, and that's what's great about uh, the Independence Fund is we, we fill in the gaps, you know? So, And you, you guys are raising big money. Correct. We we are we're, we, we like to say, uh, or at least I do, that we're the biggest veterans nonprofit that you probably never heard of. So <laughs> that's why I'm I here. Like it. yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> yeah, but
0: there, there's there's an, an amazing story there, a powerful story, and you also help other veteran charities such as Purple Heart Homes. Correct? Yes, like- yes,
2: yes, yes. Um, we well recently I was I was talking to Brian before we started. We just uh, the Susan M Tillis Foundation. We, uh, we collected a, a truckload of diapers and drove down to Fort Bragg and donated them to Expecting Junior Enlisted Soldiers. Uh, and it was, a, it was a lot of diapers. <laughs> I'd say like 20 pallets were the diapers. So, so we, it'll last
1: about a week for them yeah out there yeah. as a new dad? I mean, yeah. That's awesome, man. and So you guys have grown. Um, you have a lot of different programs out there. Um, tell us a little bit about how – can we help? What's the biggest needs that you guys have? And is it something that if, uh, if I'm a veteran or if, if I know a veteran and, and there's a need, to, you know, they reach out and help you. Tell us what's the best way that we can support it.
2: Uh, donations is uh, what keeps us alive. Right now we have a 40 to 40 campaign going on. We have an anonymous donor out there. Don't know who it is. But they've uh, they've pledged to match up to forty track chairs. Those are wow. sixteen thousand dollars a piece. My gosh. So you're talking six hundred and forty thousand dollars. This donor has uh, pledged. Wow! So we're looking we're looking to meet that quota, forty to forty. That's eighty track chairs for veterans in need out there.
1: That's amazing, and, and I mean. Whoever you That's are, big. congratulations! Yeah. You. That's awesome. <laughs> we need more people like that. How many track chairs do you guys produce and and create for veterans a year?
2: Well, we we purchase them, so okay. Okay. we're we're not the manufacturers, but um, we have different vendors that we go through, and we're doing right now eighty a year. We 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 cut back from last year, I believe, we did over three hundred and eighty. We were we were averaging about one a day, so for several years
1: do uh, any stories stand out from that if uh you know any veterans that because obviously there's probably a a, a you know a process that you go through in order right. to, to get one or qualify do any stories stand out that you know maybe a testimonial or someone that you helped and and it's really changed their life i feel like everyone but, but there's some stand out
2: yeah yeah i got i got a text message from a gentleman uh down in tampa florida that we gave a chair to last year and uh he was, he was riding in the woods and he's like, man, I wouldn't have been able to do this, you know, a, a few months ago. So thank you. And he's, he's had his kid on his lap. It was, it was awesome. It's, it's nice that it, people don't realize how much these devices change lives because, um, you're, you're able to go to the beach again. You know, a normal wheelchair, you can't get that thing out on the sand. These things, they have Marine batteries. They can, they can get wet to a point. They, all you have to do is cover the handle, the, uh, the joystick and it's good to go. It's pretty much waterproof
0: so. so do you all have what do you have to do to, well i mean i may know the answer to this question but to qualify to become a you know a beneficiary or to receive a track well machine. we
2: we we have a um we have a uh criteria we'll, we'll look at your uh um, your va ratings and um your dd214 and which is your exit paperwork when you get out that's that's everything you've done in the military while you're in and so our uh our programs coordinator screens all of that and there's a certain criteria you have to meet in order to receive the chair like we can't just hand them out like candy i would love <laughs> to give one to everybody but sure. sure certain people have a higher priority obviously like amputees um paralyzed individuals. We have a lot of Vietnam veterans who are suffering from problems with Agent Orange and a lot of guys and girls coming down with uh, Lou Gehrig's disease, uh, even uh, MS. So
1: So tell us, and this is more of a personal um, question for you, and I'm always curious to to see veterans who work for charities or Create Charity is one that, that no, no longer is with us, Dale Beatty, um, who helped create Purple Heart Homes. It's so powerful to see veterans who have gone through a hardship, but come back and realize not only can I create something, but I can really help my brothers. I can help my yeah. sisters. Tell us your story, you know, not only how you got into the military, but your accident in 2003 and really what has pushed you to join the Independence Fund and make that, you know, kind of your passion moving forward.
2: Well, I I was uh what what made me join was nine eleven watching that I I had already been considering the military as an option uh after high school I was a uh, in ROTC uh, JROTC and um when that happened I remember my brother waking me up and he's like we're getting bombed and like, what are you talking about you know I turned on the television and I was like oh we are and then uh, as the the news progressed throughout the day I just I remember standing there and saying said I'm going to recruiting office and I was in there the next day and uh, by October I was on a bus off the basic training Um, I signed up for airborne I became a combat medic Um, that's what I wanted to do I wanted to help people so I ended up at Fort Bragg North Carolina in the 82nd Airborne Division and that's they say like once you're there you never leave and (laughs) to me it's it's the uh, it's one of the best units in the entire military there's a lot of history and lineage and, and camaraderie and uh like I, I i left there with a giant family you know so i was um deployed in 2003 i ended up in baghdad during the invasion um and about i guess it was september 16th of 2003 i volunteered for a mission uh to go help a a young girl who was injured by an IED and she had severe burns on her body. And we were going to get her skin grafts with our battalion surgeon. So we were on the way to the hospital to pick up all these supplies to do this surgery and uh, a cab pulled out in front of me. I was in a lead vehicle, a cargo Humvee, no doors on it, no armor, nothing, you know, and this cab just stopped. And I knew instantly like something was wrong. Well, he was a diversion. There's another car about 200 meters up that opened the door, dropped this burlap sack full of, I think it was artillery rounds, in a hole and drove off. So the guy moves out the way, and uh, I, I called to the rear, and I said, hey, I think we're in a kill zone, and we're going to get hit. So I just floored it. I said, I'm going to go. I'm going to punch through it. And like I said, 200 meters, I saw it. I knew what it was instantly, and I had that. Uh oh, moment, you know. So it was go left and I'm going to kill my buddy on the right. If I went right, I was going to kill myself. So I went straight over it. The blast, uh, the majority of it was uh, taken by the engine block. So when I woke up, um, the vehicle was on fire. Somebody was shooting at us. I went to shoot back. My rifle was split in half. I realized I was bleeding. I was stuck. My buddies came. They pulled me out. They were laying down suppressive fire. Now I will say this, there's any place to get injured, it's with the battalion surgeon in the vehicle right behind you. So I was in a medical convoy. I, I had all my buddies that were trained to to save lives. So uh I was a very, very, very lucky individual. Everybody survived, which is wonderful. Um it but you know, it left some a lot of scars both upstairs and, and on my body. And um I ended up deploying again in 2004 uh, to Missoula for the first democratic elections. And I had had enough after that. Uh, Two was was good for me. So I got out and um, I had done some, I went back overseas as a contractor for uh, six years. And I worked in both Iraq and Afghanistan. I ended up, my last job was with the USO in a nonprofit world. And so, I. Decided it was time to come home and randomly a couple of years later, a buddy called me up who deployed with me during that first deployment. And, uh, it, he was my squad leader and he's working for the independence fund. And he said, Hey doc, I'm doing this Spartan race. I want you to come do it with me. So that was the first one I did. I just went and ran a Spartan races, you know, helping out. And I was like, this is an amazing job. What you're doing here is awesome. He said, "Yeah, isn't it? You want to come work for me?" I said, "Absolutely." So, <laughs> here we are. Yeah, here we are. Here we are. Wow, dude, that what is story. so cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah you're, the ending. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Wow. It, what? I'm just curious. Like, what did it feel like on your first deployment, heading to that area from the United States? Okay.
2: Uh, I. So we're not a lot of people know this story, but it's uh, it's out there somewhere on the internet. <laughs> Um, we had trained for a mission in October at NTC and, in, in, um, out in California, the national training center, they call it Fort Irwin. There's nothing out there. It's just desert. And we had a mission where we jumped in, we were supposed to secure an airfield. And then the third ID was going to meet up to us with all their, their, their armor, their tanks their Bradley's. And we were basically taking a city from the inside out. Well, when we got the orders to deploy, we knew we were where we were going. We were pretty sure we were going to Iraq. They don't tell you until you're getting on the planes and, you know, everybody else. The press is gone. The families are gone. So they have this area called Green Ramp where you, you load the birds. And they they, they booted everybody out. And they, uh, they whip out a map of Baghdad. And they said, all right, gentlemen, this is it we're jumping into Baghdad God and right. that's, I was like, Oh my God. Like this is are you serious? This is what we're doing. So that was our mission. We, we ended up in a, in a small border town in Saudi Arabia called RR where we had trained for, I think it was like three weeks, maybe a month going over every single little detail of the airport. Our, my platoon's mission was the, um, we were going to take the control tower from the ground and then, uh, a. A squad of Rangers was gonna be fast roping in from the top so we were attached to a ranger regiment at the time and um, it was a secret squirrel mission that never happened they canceled it we were I think we were 36 hours out from the jump and they canceled the mission because Saddam was putting mounds of dirt every like 400 meters down the runway So it was going to take, like the mission was take the airfield. And then we had two sister brigades that were going to be circling 40,000 feet up in the air. We were just going to land them and push out, hold the airport, wait for third ID to catch up and, and basically take the city from the inside out. But it never happened. It was going to take our engineers too long to clear that runway once we hit the ground. So I was... (laughs) <laughs> I, you know I, hey, I was like yeah that, that it was uh <laughs> game on there if if you don't believe in god you you'll find something to believe in I, i'll yeah. tell you that there there's Absolutely. a lot of um a lot of praying going on
1: and how Absolutely. old were you at that exact moment
2: oh i was i would have been 19 19 and yeah, 19 years old that
1: is unbelievable yeah well i mean hearing your story i i can't imagine um what well, would we'll go through my mind if I was driving the Humvee, but you know, God bless you. And I'm sure everybody in that Humvee, you know, thanks God for you every day for going straight through the middle and not sacrificing anybody and everybody living. That's an awesome story. And I really love how you've kind of taken your experiences and now you're supporting and helping others. Cause you understand what you had to go through, but also you understand that there's a lot of veterans out there that don't have somebody to help them and maybe they just need the right direction. So thank you so much for doing that. Um, you know, in, in closing, you had mentioned that um, you know some of the biggest needs, the donations, um, the forty to forty, um, trying to you know match the six hundred forty thousand. How can people reach you uh, through social media? What's the best way to give? Um, and give us some of that information.
2: Uh, www.IndependenceFund.org is our website, and there's a button right on there. You just click donate. You can you can be a recurring donor. You can make a one time donation. Um, we have a lot of fundraising campaigns that we do throughout the year. There's a calendar on there with all our upcoming events.
1: Excellent, man. Well, thank you so much for being a a guest. Um, one quick fact: If you didn't know, Bobby is a uh, professional poker player. So don't get um, <laughs> don't get tied into him bringing you on the weekend games. He will run your house. S-
0: such a selfless and courageous man, and we are honored to know you. And thank you. Thank you so much. Thank for you for your, having me. I your appreciate service, it. And we enjoyed hearing your story. Thank you.
2: Thanks. Thanks a lot.
0: You've been listening to the Brand Builders podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group, with your host Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.